Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Good Sunday morning, everybody, and welcome on in. It is Tobin's Fight Show here on 790 The Ticket. Glad you're all aboard. Thank you so much for joining us. And uh, over the next hour, we'll dive all over the world of mixed martial arts and boxing we'll start off with a little bit of a local flair as we have news of miami's own jorge masvidal's next fight it was officially announced yesterday that he is going to be fighting leon edwards at ufc 269 that'll be on the same card which will be dustin poirier fighting for the lightweight title against charles Oliveira. so two of american top team's highest profile fighters will be entering the octagon on that date to close out the year as far as the pay-per-views are concerned. And uh, this is, look, this is definitely one that I'm excited about. It's been a rivalry that has been a long time coming. And to see these two finally get into Noctadon is great. Uh, I know there's been a lot of talk with Leon Edwards about the idea of, oh, oh now you want to fight me. Oh, now you want to fight me. Um, look, there's a couple of things here with Leon. He is so desperately looking for a fight that will stand out in his career um and and really make him undeniable as far as this title shot is concerned it's been unfortunate that you look at the Bilal Muhammad fight where it ended with the eye poke you look at the Nate Diaz fight where the most memorable thing was Nate Diaz nearly putting him away in the last 30 seconds even though he was great for the entirety of that performance he really does need something that stands out that says hey I am definitely the next guy who gets to fight for the title especially if it's a fight against Kamaru Usman, a guy that has beaten him in the past. Now, it was a long time ago. I'm not suggesting that he's not worthy of a title shot just because he lost to Kamaru Usman, but I do think that he is in need of a performance that just stands out amongst UFC fans, and I think a win over Jorge Masvidal will no doubt uh, cement that for him because, you know, in a lot of people's minds, this is the night where Jorge Masvidal really had his career turnaround. You know, the win in England against Darren Till, where he really knocked Darren Till unconscious, came back from a brutal knockdown, and then not only that, had the old infamous three-piece in a soda interview where Leon Edwards was chirping at him. He gave him the business and uh, you know had the famous interview with Brett Okamoto afterwards where he dubbed it the three-piece in a soda. And, I mean, really, the start of a legend was born um, for a guy who had been in the sport for so long, the guy who had been grinding for so long in his career, this was a night that really, truly redefined his career. And I do think that it's appropriately a bit of a crossroads fight for him again. You know, he now has two losses to Kamaru Usman. His last fight, he got knocked into the shadow realm with a with an absolute 
bomb of a right hand to end that fight. And if he gets this win over Leon Edwards, he's right back in title contention because everybody respects the type of contender that Leon Edwards is. It's just that Leon is looking for that signature moment. And I think that eradicating a guy who is not only uh, very, very popular in the welterweight division, but has recently fought for the title twice. Yeah, I think that this for sure will put either one of these guys, whoever wins this fight, right back in the conversation. I do think with Jorge, that's probably going to be a matter of whether or not Kamaru Usman is the champion because if Kamaru ends up losing to Colby Covington in the coming months, um, then you know we'll see what happens. I would find it pretty crazy to believe that if Kamara loses to Colby, they're not going to go immediately to a trilogy. So I don't think that Jorge versus Colby Covington. But if Colby Covington does end up coming out of this on top whenever this rivalry does come to an end, Jorge versus Colby Covington is a monster, monster fight for the title, especially with this whole best friends to, to blood feud rivals and all that type of stuff. And seemingly for Leon, it really... I think makes him undeniable as the next guy for whatever happens. If Camaro ends up winning, I know there's talk for this week from Alia Abdelaziz where they want to do something crazy like fight Canelo Alvarez or something like that. I do think that Kamaru Usman's star is growing, and I do think that he's becoming um, his legacy is growing, and the idea of him being maybe the greatest welterweight of all time. I do think all of that stuff is becoming bigger and becoming more prevalent, especially because Kamaro, one of the things that's impressive about him that didn't happen with the GSP run is he's running through the division again, but he's also seemingly winning more impressive. And GSP, it really felt by the time his run was coming to an end at welterweight, he was hanging on by a thread, the slimmest, slimmest of margins. So I don't know what the big fight is. You know, the idea of is Kamaro going to go out there and is he going to fight a... a uh, a Canelo Alvarez, I would find that hard to believe. Canelo has so many, so many big-time fights that are in front of him, whether it be fighting Triple G again, whether it is go for the 175 undisputed title. I don't think Canelo really needs the the big gimmick fight. I think they would have to go into another direction as far as uh, Kamar Usman fighting a boxer, and I don't know necessarily who that matchup is, what is uh, the guy that really tickles anybody's fancy as far as Hey, you're gonna you got to see Kamaro. He's gonna be boxing such and such. I'm not saying that Kamaro uh, Usman boxing should be completely off the table, or doing some kind of legacy fight like that, uh, or rattling the GSP cage again. I, I get it. I I definitely think that he is worthy of a Diaz. Probably you know he probably wanted the Nick Diaz fight, but now we see what Nick Diaz looks like. He probably would have gotten destroyed by Kamaro Usman. Nate Diaz, not really in title contention, although we should get to that news because there's a little bit of drama in the welterweight division regarding Nate Diaz because he's been wanting to fight Vicente Luque, who's also one of the uh, the guys who's definitely knocking on the door of a title shot and has been absolutely tremendous. But there's some drama there, and Vicente Luque actually has the same manager as Camaro. Um, and he said, listen, I believe that Nate Diaz has one fight left on his contract. I like the fight. It's a great fight, but I think the UFC, it's a business. They want to make money, and I think that Nate Diaz, Conor McGregor makes them a lot more money, uh, and I think the only way the UFC will agree to make this fight happen is if Nate re-signs with the UFC, but I don't know how good it is for Nate to re-sign with the UFC. Yeah, for Nate, Nate is a guy where if Nate can get onto the boxing path and get one of these huge paydays against a Paul brother, Logan or Jake 
or something in that regard, just to, to move into that. Man, I think that'd be an absolute monster for Nate Diaz. It's it's a big question for him. And then, you know, this idea of if he does have one fight left, do does he only resign and fight Vicente Luque? And then what if he loses to Vicente Luque? Does the Conor McGregor fight make as much sense? I still think it's still a, a viable fight just because both of them at that point would be kind of down on their luck and whatnot. But it's an interesting one because Nate, like Nate's a Nate's a badass. Nate Nate wanted to fight Jorge when Jorge was at the tops. You know, Nate fought Leon Edwards. Nate is now fighting Vicente Luque, so he's given legit contenders this crack at his star power, and and I think that speaks a lot to him. And so, if he gets one of those wins, man, bet your ass if he beats Vicente Luque, I think Kamara Usman, out of all of these guys, uh, and this is probably going to drive Leon Edwards nuts because Leon has a win over him, but. I think that if the champ has his way, he's going to want to fight Nate Diaz a lot more so than he's going to want to fight Leon Edwards, a guy that he's already beat. I think that's the case. So I hope that Nate gets his fight because I just think that this just speaks so such volumes for him that he wants to go and, and fight a guy who is as dangerous as Luke is. But there's a lot of cool stuff happening in this welterweight division, and it all is centered around the orbit of, hey, maybe Colby Covington comes up here and, and he upsets the apple cart. And that was a really close fight between them. I had it 2-2 before before Kamaru ended up winning the fight, ultimately in the fifth round. Really great fight. I mean, nobody ever wants to say this about Colby because they think he's corny or they think he's cringe or they think that uh, you know the whole, the whole gimmick is fugazi and they just think he's annoying and they think he's a dirtbag and all this type of stuff. But Man, the guy gets a reaction. He's gotten a lot of people to hate him, and that's part of the game. You know, getting people to have a reaction to your fight is a major, major part of this. And I'm still curious to see, you know, what what type of guy we see um, come out here, and 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 what is he going to do this next time around, Kamar Usman? Because we know this is not going to be a fight that's going to have a lot of wrestling. It is going to be two guys throwing down. I think that we feel that Kamara's definitely got the 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 more potential to put him away. Colby is going to have to exhaust Kamara. I don't know how you do that. Kamara has, has shown a, a great gas tank, uh, and Colby's probably got the best one amongst everybody. But I don't know if it's enough to tire Kamara out. Can he just completely overwhelm him with volume? And now that we've seen a, an Usman who's able to uncork some really, really vicious stuff, uh, can he put him away for good? You know, again, again this time. So there's a lot of cool stuff happening here. But I'm glad that with this division, we have a lot of the best fighting the best. Look, these pay per view cards have been really, really stacked for the UFC. I got to give a lot of credit uh, that they are. There's definitely a trend with the UFC. Like you see some of the fight nights that they're putting forth, and the UFC definitely has a feel to it right now. Where hey, if you're missing a fight night week to week, you're not really missing out on the big names i mean like i don't know how much difference there have been between some of these fight nights and dana white's tuesday night contender series they really do feel like hey we're just throwing this up on a saturday night you guys can watch the brand if you want to but we're stacking these pay-per-views i mean we're putting some monster monster cards together and that's really really awesome to see so you are trying where whereas i feel like in the last year it's been more so hey they've been going in more of a direction of we got a bomb main event here, but we're over the next three weeks going to stack, 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 and you're going to have great cards. It really feels more so now like, hey, 
we've got a little bit more. We're, we're just kind of throwing up a brand here. We're going to promote. We're going to do all that type of stuff. You know, there's still some good ones. Like you got uh, uh, Paolo Costa coming up against Marvin Vittori. That's a really good card. And that has title picture in- implications down the road or has really those guys at a contender crossroads. And both of those guys losing to Itty. So there, there's still there are still fight nights that will get you but a lot of it hasn't lately man a lot of it's been like tiago santos and johnny walker you're like all right well that's that's a fine fight it's not it's 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 not what i'm typically used to as hey we're gonna give you one knockout main event every single time and and you'll catch the youth uh it feels like they're really trying to take those main event quality like a jorge masvidal versus leon edwards and say hey we're gonna put this on a pay-per-view as well hey uh, Michael Chandler versus Justin Gaethje, that probably could have just headlined a fight night by itself. But you say, you know what? We're going to also put this on UFC 268. And we're going to really, really give you your $75 worth or whatever the the price ends up being. So it's an interesting thing. The UFC has a, a lot of good fights that are lining up. It's just they happen to be ending up on pay-per-view cards, which is cool. I'm for it. I'm for it uh, as far as it's concerned. You see, in a, in a couple of weeks, we're going to have... Glover Deshera, Jan Blahovich, we got Piotr Jan, and Corey Sanhagen are going to be fighting for the interim bantamweight title because you got injury to Aljamain Sterling. TJ Dillashaw's out for a little bit. You got uh, you got a lot, a lot of great fights that are, are are down the pipe, but a lot of them are on pay per view, especially the ones that just really, really grab you. I'm not saying that on these UFC fight nights you can't get some good cut, but I'm telling you, based on the names alone. I'm not like uh, I'm like oh UFC fight nights who's fighting this week Johnny Walker Tiago Santos eh, I could pass on that one or if you look typically at night you're like ah who's you know who's 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 oh is Aspen Lads on the main event yeah I think maybe I'll check out Bellator that night you know it's it's just not got the gravitas that it's had for every single fight night but I think that there's a strategy to that I think that they know they have all these events to fill. And I think that they're just filling them, giving some shine to some new people, and then saying, yeah, but the pay-per-view is going to be an absolute monster. So interesting, interesting stuff that came out this week, man, between uh, Masvidal versus Leon Edwards. I think that's a great fight. I'm glad that it's finally happening. A huge fight for both of these gentlemen. And we'll get more of a breakdown to it as the fight gets closer. But I am glad that they finally came to terms on this one. We'll take a quick break. Be back with more after this. Welcome back, everybody. It's Hoban's Fight Show here on 7 Eye to the Ticket. Switching over to boxing here uh, on this segment. So let's get to a couple of things here. One, uh, we finally got a statement from Deontay Wilder by the end of the week. This came out, I think it was late Thursday, early Friday. And it was a long post on Instagram from Deontay Wilder that I think, first of all, had a lot of things that people were waiting for, which ultimately was uh, a nod to Tyson Fury. But uh, the Bronze Bomber posted, wow, what a hell of a night. First, I want to thank foremost, uh, first and foremost, thank God for allowing me to give the world another part of me that's driven me with passion and determination. I would like to thank my team, my fans, by sticking by my side through this long process. I would be lying uh, if I said that there wasn't disappointment in the outcome. Uh, but after reflecting on my journey, I now see what God wanted me to experience is far greater than what I expected to happen. We did not get the win, but a wise man once said that victories are within the lessons I've learned that sometimes you have to lose to win, and although I wanted to win, I enjoyed seeing that the fans win even more. Hopefully, I proved that I am a true warrior and a true king of the sport. 
Hopefully, we prove that no matter what and how hard you get hit with the trials and tribulations, you can always pick yourself up and live to fight again and what you believe in. Last but not least, I want to congratulate Tyson Fury for his victory. Thank you for one of the great, uh, thank you for the great historical memories that will last forever. Hashtag bomb squad. Hashtag till this day. Um, so got the congratulations that everybody was uh, waiting for with Tyson Fury. This comes on the heels of a video that came out this week, and Tyson Fury made mention of this in his post fight that. Uh, Deontay didn't give him uh, really the time of day afterwards, you know, that he was uh, not not showing him any respect after the fight. I, I don't really get caught up in stuff like this. First of all, the dude was just knocked unconscious, all right? His, uh, his uh, brains were rattled and hit the floor, hit the canvas very, very hard. Tyson Fury, by the way, is super annoying to listen to after a victory. I mean, the guy is a chatterbox, and so he's got so many things... He's, you know, don't be like that. Respect, respect, love. Come on out there. Come on. Ford, take it like a man. All that type of stuff. And so you have, like, Deontay's people, like, trying to, like, get the, uh, Tyson Fury to calm down and all that type of stuff. But ultimately, uh, you know, he does. You know, when you when, when the dust settles down, you do have to probably think, hey, we have this, uh, this ultimate piece of us that uh, will be remembered forever. Not everybody in these trilogies gets along down the road. Not everybody who has these uh, these rivalries have great respect for each other, you know, whether it be trilogies, whether it be historical fights, uh, whatever. You know, it, it doesn't always turn out. Like Joe Frazier and Muhammad Ali didn't have the greatest relationship as, as things uh, closed out in both of their lives. You know, Joe Frazier had a lot of bitterness in him for how that trilogy went. So it doesn't always mean that these guys are going to be buddies like Riddick Bowe and Evander Holyfield are. It doesn't always turn out like that. But I am happy that Deontay ultimately does give the nod because I do feel like it gets people off of his back for them needing that. I mean, you need the you just need the sportsmanship so much because it's not enough that the guy just gave his body, gave his brains, gave all of that stuff into the fight. And the same goes for Tyson Fury. But it's always easier to be the guy who wants class when you're the victor. Always. I mean, you know, it was funny, like, I'm, you know, this is not on the level right now, but like my son uh, just started soccer and, you know, his team lost for nothing this, uh, this or four nil, as they say in the, in the beautiful game. But, uh, you know, the other coach was like, Hey man, good game. And then my son just hits him with the thumbs down. And I, you know, I have to tell him like, Hey, uh, you, you gotta be a better sport than that. But like, yeah, it's, it's much easier for the coach who wins for nothing to show good sportsmanship than the guy who just loses for nothing. It just is. And so I'm not one of these that needs it. I don't need uh, even in, I'm trying to think of like sore winners in the past. One that always comes to mind is Ronda Rousey with Misha Tate, where they weren't cool. You know, people were thought, Oh, the, the, the fight is over. The beef is squashed. Nah, not really. Not in Ronda's case. And Ronda took a lot of heat for that, but I didn't need that from Ronda Rousey. If she genuinely doesn't like Misha Tate, she can genuinely not like Misha Tate. Um, there was some interesting stuff with Deontay Wilder that did come out this week, though, that I was happy about. A couple of things. Uh, he is going to get surgery on his right hand. It was confirmed that his, uh, he did break his hand in the middle of the fight. So just more props to him for everything that he was fighting through in that uh, in that absolute war between him and Tyson Fury. And, uh, and you know, maybe lends to the fact of uh, why it just didn't have the, the thump that he, uh, that he could come through late in that fight. Uh, but his manager, Shelly Finkel, says that we can expect a mid-2022 uh, return. I'm happy about this. There was a lot of idea that Ty- that Deontay Wilder might 
if not retire, go away for a while. And I think it's great that he's going to keep himself in the whole swing of things for a couple of reasons. One, I think that he's had a lot of time off. All right. You're talking 500 days between him and, and Fury the last time they fought and them getting back into the ring. I think for a guy like Deontay, he's not young. Now, he's not old. A lot of people are acting like Deontay Wilder is washed. We've already seen this guy. He looks like he can still get his body into great shape, uh, great, you know, muscular shape. And I still think that this guy has a lot, a lot in the tank, especially because the thing that makes him a great fighter is not really necessarily the speed, the reflexes. It is that he has an atomic bomb in his right hand. And so that's never going to leave. I mean, you could see George Foreman. You could see my guy Shannon the Cannon Briggs. Like that stuff does not leave you with age. So I do think that that Deontay Wilder is going to have, for lack of a better term, the puncher's chance for a long, long time. I also think there's a lot of great fights for him. You know, whether it be the Andy Ruiz of the world, the Dillian Whites of the world, whether it be whatever happens with Anthony Joshua, if he ends up losing to Alexander Usyk, him and Joshua, I think is a great fight. Um, if, you know, Usyk and Tyson can't come to terms, then do they go to the AJ and Tyson Fury thing, and then he goes and gets an opportunity to take on Usyk. Does Usyk keep all the belts? And then there's a belt open. And if a belt does open up somewhere down the line, I feel like Deontay Wilder is going to be primed to pounce on it. I mean, he's been the WBC champion for a while, but I feel like a lot of sanctioning bodies would love to have him be fighting for their championship. And, you know, people always talk about his star power is not what it should be. I've never gotten it either. I don't understand why Deontay isn't a bigger star than uh, than he is. Um, you know, he hasn't gotten his hand raised in a while, so that'll dim some of that out. But, you know, a charismatic entertaining power puncher you know went 40 fights before losing how this guy's not one of the biggest things in boxing already is pretty crazy people will say oh well he didn't you know he didn't fight the best dude this dude fought Luis Ortiz when nobody wanted to fight Luis Ortiz fought him twice wanted to go to Russia to fight Alexander Povetkin before Povetkin popped like it's not like this guy has been ducking everybody and then him and Anthony Joshua that's like your classic boxing pissing match where Egos get in the way, promoters get in the way, managers get in the way, and it ruins a great opportunity. And don't forget, and this is the thing that 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 uh, really shouldn't be lost upon people who want to keep dumping on Deontay Wilder. Going the route of Tyson Fury was a really tough route. You know, Tyson Fury was out of the sport, he had a couple of comeback fights, and he looked pretty bad in them. Um, the idea that he gave Tyson Fury this opportunity to really revitalize his career uh really does say something about Deontay and you may think uh well that's that's picking on easy bones there you know he's trying to beat a weakened uh Tyson Fury in that no 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 this guy in a lot of ways stylistically even the first time around all wrong for Deontay Wilder all wrong you know it's like the old German uh when uh when Duke is talking to Apollo Creed he's all wrong for his baby I'm sure there was somebody who was saying that to Deontay Wilder when it was coming to Tyson Fury and uh and that whole set up for this fight but I think that you know he is the reason for this trilogy not Tyson Fury you know Tyson Fury has uh spectacular moments in it no doubt but Deontay Wilder gave Tyson Fury the opportunity when he was uh when he was you know out of the sport basically Deontay Wilder was the one who legally had to go get his trilogy given to him by a judge because it was contractually bound and they were going to run away from it so this thrilling heavyweight fight that we're all gaga over and we're all giving Tyson Fury his flowers, 
It doesn't happen without Deontay Wilder. And I just feel like the man does deserve his respect for that. He really, really does. And uh, hopefully now people can, you know, get off his back for saying, oh, but he didn't, he wasn't nice to Tyson Fury. He said no love to Tyson Fury when he, you know, barely could open his eyes. He's sitting on a stool and you got that Gypsy King yapping like a, you know, like a dog, like right in your ears. I would be enough to annoy me too. So that was some uh, interesting news this week. Also, speaking on the injury front, Ryan Garcia has a significant hand injury. He is out for his fight with Jojo Diaz, which was a uh, going to be the comeback fight for Ryan Garcia, who was out for a little bit, who was trying to gather his, uh, his going through some stuff mentally. So he was, uh, we haven't seen uh, Ryan Garcia, King Ryan Garcia, fight for a little bit. Devin Haney does want to step in. I don't know if that's going to be the case. Devin Haney... Uh, his promoter talked a little bit about this week that he wanted the Jojo Diaz fight initially. So does Jojo step into this? I think that he should. I think that that's a, that's a really, really good fight, but no guarantees that that's going to be the case. And, uh, it's a little bit of a bummer to lose Ryan Garcia because the zone who officially picked up Teofimo Lopez, George Cambosis, they had this lineup concern where they were going to have Devin Haney, Ryan Garcia and Teofimo Lopez basically fight within weeks of each other. And that's really cool. I mean, that's a really great promotion for DAZN in the first place. But it's also, uh, you know, kind of, I feel like everybody, you know that guys are going to be there from week to week promoting their fights. They're going to be asked about it. This lightweight division, 135, or if they move up to 140, these guys need to end up starting to fight each other. All right. This this whole idea where we were giving them all the praise in the world. We are saying, oh, this could be the next crop. This could be the next wave. It's great to say in theory, but it needs to happen. It can't just be stuff that we talk about. They need to become, uh, they need to get some fights against each other. They do need to go out there and uh, and make these things eventually happen. Um, and in my opinion, I think right now the guy who's taken on the toughest opponents is Teofimo because I think George is a very, very live underdog in this. I think that um, in a lot of ways, I think this stuff is probably mentally probably drain Teofimo a little bit more than it has George I think George has uh taken the reins on not letting Teofimo dictate so much stuff to the fact where it's now on to zone I mean like listen George is the one who nuked this kind of in the first well I should say Teofimo getting COVID was the thing that nuked it in the first place but George not playing ball with Triller ended up with this fight on to zone but I think in a, in the long run, even though they're not going to make as much money, I think it's better off that it is in this case and it is going to be in this scope to where, hey, whoever comes out on top of this, um, and George has worked with the zone before, let's say George wins. you know, Maybe he then goes and fights a Devin Haney. He fights a Ryan Garcia. He fights somebody else while Tiafimo Lopez goes off and does something else. Who knows? But I think it's a, it's a great landing spot for all parties concerned there. So... That was interesting. I should mention one more thing here. Uh, locally, it was announced this week, BKFC is returning to Miami on November 12th at the James L. Knight Center. Our guy Hector Lombard, one of the OG guests on the show, he is going to be taking on Lorenzo Hunt. That should be a fight, a fun fight promotion as they had actual hands being thrown in the, in the aftermath of Hector's title win. And then Luis Palomino is taking on Dat Nguyen for the lightweight title. And, man, Luis Palomino had a really, really scary, scary uh, battle with COVID-19. And so it's great to see that he's going to be back in the uh, in the BKFC ring, but uh, is hopefully completely over everything that he had to go through because it looked uh, 
You can go see on his Instagram. I think it's still on his Instagram page, but uh, really, really scary battle that that Luis Palomino was dealing with. So it'll great be great to see those guys uh, back in it. And, um, you know, BKFC, interesting uh, time for them right now as they are just uh, dealing. They had a, one of their fighters die. Uh, you know, and that's the interesting thing with BKFC that I will mention. Um, you know, one of the things that their president, David Feldman, who we have had on the show multiple times, uh, always been a nice guy that I've interacted with. But one of the selling points that his sport has always said is, oh, we're actually safer than boxing we're actually safer than the ufc we're safer than that because of the no gloves and i think everybody looks at the no gloves and say well it's absolutely barbaric but um you know they're not that old and they already have a death on the record and they also have a guy being in a medically induced coma pretty recently as well so i hope that bkfc gets some i'm sure it's not everything is under their, their control and this is a barbaric this is a uh, this is combat sports things happen but that wholesale of oh we're actually safer i don't think you can say that anymore i think that you gotta you gotta take some accountability when it comes to that as well we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.